You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since watching Free Willy at Sleepovers, now Dad's reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we question the scientific qualifications of the Galactic Endangered Species list as we review Lilo and Stitch. But before that, Eddie, how are you and the family doing? We are doing well. We just finished uh, our first uh, international camping trip as a family of five. Wow. What does that mean? Know. Tell me. Well, as you know, we're big fans of camping. And our, our two oldest kids, we both took camping at one month old. We could not do that with our youngest because he was born the middle of October the day this episode drops will actually be his birthday. So happy first birthday to Asa. Happy birthday. Asa. Um, and then, uh, so yeah. And then we moved to Costa Rica. We didn't have our camping gear, all of these different things. So we had not gone camping and we really wanted to go camping, especially for him young. And, uh, somebody brought down a tote full of our camping gear. So we were able to go up into the mountains and enjoy, uh, a nice, 24-hour camping trip because we were like, you know what? We're brave, crazy, weird people that love camping. But three kids and a dog in the rainy season. You're asking for it. Let's just let's get let's just give this a trial run. Let's just do 24 hours out and back. Uh and we had a lot of fun. It was a lot of a lot of fun. We actually um um we got a little bit of hiking in. Got a little bit of uh, um, hanging out in the in the tent and everything like that. Um, so yeah, so it was a good time. Did you make for, so? Did you get any sleep? I, I did more than my poor wife because I can just sleep anywhere. I always say this is my superpower. It if, is your superpower. You actually I, don't I can, sleep well in a normal bed, right? So I I prefer I can I sleep like a baby like this. She, on the other hand, was freaking out the whole time that the kids were going to be too cold or some, you know, wild animal native to Costa Rica was going to break into our tent and eat our kids or something, which there's like no predators here. So, I don't, But nonetheless, she did not sleep as well. But we survived. We made it through. No we're howler here. monkeys. No howler monkeys. I know that is a favorite of yours. I just assume sleep, everywhere has howler monkeys now. Sleep under the howler monkeys. They are here in Costa Rica, uh, but where we went was too cold, too high up in the mountains for that. So, yeah. So sad. So sad. When you come and visit us, we'll take you camping here because I know how much you Can't love. Can't wait. I just, I've been waiting for the next time. The last time I went camp- camping was with you. In, in Mexico. Two, in 2012. So it's yeah. high time. It's been 10 years. It's been a decade, Eddie. And you have to admit, that was a pretty sweet camping setup. Like, we were right outside, uh, outside the ruins of a Mayan civilization in the jungle with, like, howler monkeys all around. That's pretty sweet. It was not sweet not sleeping and then being delirious walking around the, the I, Mayan re, uh, 
whatever, wherever we were that first time. I Pal- barely remember anything. Palinque was where we went. That was, it was sweet. Um, But yeah, you received the curse of me being able to sleep anywhere and then you couldn't sleep. So here I am over there snoozing and you were wide awake. I was so glad to have the hostel after that. That was yeah. so much better. So much better. But we saved a ton of money. Yes, we did. And in those days, that's what that was all about. But enough about me. Let's uh, let's get to a little bit of Disney news. We don't have a, like a ton out there. We've got a kind of a special surprise, some Ferguson Disney news. But let's start with an ode to um, one of our favorites, not necessarily Disney related, but Robbie Coltrane, aka yeah. Hagrid, passed away this this week. Sad news. It. I'm sure that uh, all the Harry Potter films are now the number one streaming item on a lot of different platforms right now. A lot of people renting it to honor him. Definitely the... Would you say that he's the the top side character in those films? I don't know how you, how you necessarily put um, Dumbledore if he's like a main character or if he's like a side character. But he's definitely like right up there. Yeah, he definitely would be. I always think of uh, Robbie Coltrane was the only, to my knowledge, from all the like behind the scenes stuff that I've watched, was the only actor that J.K. Rowling specifically requested to play a character. Wow. Um, She she specifically said, I want him, Robbie Coltrane, to play Hagrid. So there was on on that one. we had some other sad news. Um, Angela Lansbury passed away yes. this past week as I well. Knew there was someone else. Five days short of her 97th birthday. Um, and Angela Lansbury is is one of my favorites. Uh, growing up, my mom is a big Murder She Wrote fan, so we always were watching Murder She Mom still watches Murder She Wrote all the time, even though she. <laughs> Could probably quote it and knows who the murder is, murderer is on every episode. Um, but she's known for Disney fame in such classics as Bedknobs and Broomsticks and Beauty and the Beast. Um, two of my the quintessential of my first take only take. Yeah, Taylor's oldest time. First one out of the gate, just on her. Um, and I mean, she's done a, a lot of other things as well. Um if you've never seen the original Manchurian Candidate, she gives one of the most bone-chilling performances mm. of all time in that film. I've not that, seen so. that. I should go see that. I think you would like that. Yeah. It's kind of an old-school, black-and-white psychological thriller, political thriller. It's really good. It's really good. You would think it's Hitchcock, but it is not. Yeah. And... and um. I, I heard her say this, uh, and I've said in an interview, it's the only time she ever played a uh, villain, like an out, right-out villain. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yes, we lost, we lost Angela Lansbury as well. National treasure. International treasure. International treasure. Well, speaking of international treasures, uh, She-Hulk has just finished up. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, what serious, was this? The She-Hulk. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard of this. So. No, no, you haven't. Uh, oh, you mean the Hulk? The Hulk, the She-Hulk. Oh, She-Hulk. 
Was this a show on Disney Plus? I guess Plus? it was. I guess it was on here somewhere. This is this is the first time hearing <laughs> of this. I feel like I feel like the horse is already out on the barn on this one. A little bit, a little bit, just 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 a quarter mile, just a quarter mile on a quarter mile track. Uh, so it's finished up its first season. Uh, just finished up. Eddie has not watched this at all. So I just wanted to give you sixty seconds on whether or not you should watch this or not. And I'm also speaking to our listeners right now who most likely may or may not have watched it themselves too. Let's just remember everybody that the last Marvel TV show that JB told us we all needed to go out and watch that would change our life forever, the greatest thing since Iron Man, was Ms. Marvel. And we all see how that turned out. I waited till this was completely done to say anything. I just wanted to get all the way to the end of it before having any hot takes or any strong suggestions on it because, like you said, Miss Marvel fell off a cliff immediately after I made those comments and probably went off before then, but I just didn't realize it. But you know what? I am we not- love we love you anyway. Bless your heart. Yes, bless your heart. Bless my heart. Bless all of our hearts. Anyways, <laughs> so She Hulk. If I was going to give a roaring suggestion for this film, one, it's different. It goes its own path. And just like all the other other TV series, especially, it's very um, genre-based. So you've got the courtroom like drama, outside the courtroom drama, all of those like kind of... Uh, I don't even know what to qualify it as, but it's got its own feel completely different than the rest of the um, TV series that we've seen. And it also breaks the fourth wall quite a bit, which I think is a part of what the shtick was uh, in the comics as well. Not having read the comics myself, this is just what I've been told and picked up from um, talking with other people. Um, So she talks to camera quite a bit throughout the series. Um, Hmm. The ending episode of this whole thing goes to another place that I, it's hard for me to say anything without spoiling it. I don't know that this show is necessarily awesome. Like, didn't know if I loved, loved it. I had it on my second screen on Thursdays and Fridays when it came out and you would just like watch the latest one. It started to grow on me. The characters started to, I started to kind of be drawn in by them. Uh, started to kind of enjoy it. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it there. We they, This is the first bringing over of the Netflix uh, um, heroes over from the all of the Marvel series over there. So we start to see the those characters start f- to come. Oh, second one, second one, because we've still got what's-his-name in... Um, oh, never mind. We had Daredevil in... Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man. But this and is Kingpin and Hawkeye. Yeah, but both of those were very short-lived. Very short-lived things. Okay. This is where okay. we start getting a lot more of them. Um one of them specifically a lot heavier into this series. Um so it, the to that it's worth watching and this last episode, Eddie, you just have to go watch it. Listeners, go watch. I'm not saying you should skip over to the last episode, but man, there's something I want to have more of a discussion about, and Eddie, I'm just dying for you to go see it. So if you start watching it and you hate it, just go to the last episode. We, we need to at least talk about that because there is a 
special appearance of a big name Marvel figure. How many episodes am I talking about here? Like what what amount of commitment I believe, are you asking of me? I'm not I'm asking you for you to try it. And then if you hate it, just go to the last episode. That's all I'm all I'm and it's kind of like the ending of the last episode when she really breaks everything apart. Like you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. But you might just hate it no matter. You know what? You're probably just gonna hate it. So what am I telling you? you so we're we're talking about seven nine episodes. There's is it nine, nine episodes? episodes? They're short. Nine episodes. They're short. Okay. They're like thirty minutes or less. I'll see what them. I can do. Oh, they're I'll all like exactly thirty minutes. That's actually pretty impressive for what they've been doing, which has been all over the map. I wonder if they made them because that's the genre. Okay. Anyways, so that's it. I don't have anything else wrong. There's just there's a there's a fun moment and the last episode where I'm some people are all in on it and some people are like this was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But I'll give it a I'll, I'll give it a gander. At least try it and then jump ahead once you've decided that it sucks. So don't hold me to it. Don't hold me. In. I tried to be as elusive as possible so you can't hold me to it. <laughs> You know, I will make, I'll make something stick. I'll get you, get you somehow. But Eddie, last but not least, you are going to make all of our listeners jealous, especially anybody who cares this much about Disney as we do. So let's just say this. Let's, for those of you who hadn't, I I think I've mentioned it a few times. You've joked about it. Um, But we belong to the free version the free version of the D23 fan club, which pretty much just means we get like a monthly email newsletter. That That's it. That's like all you get. There's nothing special about this thing. Um, and so we're traveling along and this is fall of 2019. And Sarah checks our email. She sees, oh my, we just got something from D23 that says, if we prepay for Disney Plus for three years, we can get it for essentially, I can't remember what it was, like, like $1.99 a month or something like that. It was, it was um, crazy. I was so upset you didn't tell me about this. What? So we get it. And apparently we are one of the earliest subscribers to Disney Plus, apparently. And also because like we were on, re- you know, we paid it all up front and then also like we're on reoccurring payment for whenever it kicks back in. We just we know we like the product. We're going to use it. We got randomly selected for something Disney's calling the Disney drop. We got a random email the beginning of September that said, thank you for being a loyal subscriber. We want to send you a box full of an estimated $150 worth of Disney merchandise. Insane. Free. Well, and what is amazing is we only paid like $150 in the first place for the three years. So Maybe that's why they did it. $150. We're, we're kind of looking at this going like, we did, you know, it's all a wash or whatever. I mean, so it had like a random question, like, what are you? You know, it was like, fantasy mystery or adventure something like that um and you picked one of those three and they sent you a box based off of that 
We picked Adventure. Of course. No shocker there, of course. Um, And we've been waiting with bated breath because what we learned through the intranets is that the boxes were specifically themed to different movies. And so you might have gotten like a Cinderella-themed box or you might have gotten a, um, you know, Spider-Man box or, or different things like that. Again, we picked Adventure and we got a Toy Story themed box. Ooh. I know, right? So let me let me pull some of these items down. We didn't get the big box down because my parents just arrived and they packed it down as much as they possibly could. Um, but we got quite the array of different items. Now, first of all, we got like this giant card. And JB can see this on the video that says Disney Plus and a little something something about like, thank you for subscribing or whatever. And then on the inside is just a reminder of all the Toy Story things that you can stream on Disney Plus. If you forgot. Just in case you forgot. And I'm not going to lie, you know, they fill it out a little bit with uh, Forky Ask a Question, which I'm okay with because I love that that series. They have a thing called movie charades, but this is what was most intriguing. Look at this, JB. They created Toy Story scene bingo cards for all four Disney, all four Toy Story movies, okay? Do you see these out here on the outside? And so in essence, what you do is you cut these cards out and you watch Toy Story together. And when you spot the scene that this little picture's from, you get to put a, a little token on there and you play Toy Story Bingo as you watch it. Have you done this yet? No. I mean, we literally just got this like two hours ago. Um, <laughs> You're opening it as you go right now. Yeah, right? But I thought like, okay, that was nothing for them to come up with that and print that. Like, that was just kind of clever. We got Woody Window Clings Ooh. where you can make Woody and it's got all, all of, of his, his different... All of his uh, different members of his body just separated. His, his different sayings and stuff that he says, of course. You know, someone poisoned the water hole. We also got... Toy Story lollipops, like giant the giant, lollipop. massive lollipops that you would buy on Main Street USA. Two. While, Ed, while Eddie's getting the next thing, if you would like to watch Eddie unlock un, unwrap all of these things, you can go to YouTube and go over to our Honey We Made YouTube account, and you can actually watch all of these things. So just plug in our YouTube channel there for so we got a series of three little like lunch box, uh, like like Rubbermaid totes, like Disney styles. But you've got to infinity and beyond with Buzz. You've got the rescue squad with Woody and Buzz. And my personal favorite, it's hang time with Chickie and Bunny. These are little Tupperware things. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We're like, oh, that's fun. We got Toy Story playing cards, which I haven't even opened yet. Like a straight deck of cards, like a normal deck. Like a straight deck of cards. We've got reusable straws with the with four main characters, Woody, Buzz, Bo Peep, and Rex on them. We got a recipe card if you wanted to make green <laughs> alien avocado toast. It looks pretty funny. We've got a like lithogram, like the 3D picture postcard thing of Woody, Buzz, and Jesse. In the desert, moving around, yep. Right. 
Um, this was one that was pretty sweet. Um, let me see if I can open this up. It's in a, from the Walt Disney Archives collection. We got a print on acrylic. I don't know if you can see that. A scene from the original, one of my favorite scenes in the original movie. And this is a drawing. This is like a this is like a, a storyboard. Well, it's from the storyboards, but it's on like acrylic glass. Interesting. Isn't it? Um, and it's got some interesting facts from the archives about it. So it's almost like a, um, it's a piece of history there, Eddie. Piece of Disney history, you know? Um, this one I think you will think is really cool. It is a Space Ranger pin. Ooh. And it's certified authenticity, too. I know. Uh, Designed specifically for the Disney drop. So next time I go on Buzz Lightyear Ranger Spin, uh, I'll have to put this on there. Wear that as we do that. Then, a Pizza Planet pizza box. Ooh. And on the inside... A wood pizza uh, cutter. At the pizza board. It's and a pizza board and pizza board cutter. And the cutter. Pizza planet cutter. And it's cutter. got the uh, the aliens and the Martians pizza planet, on there. Yep. Like laser engraved on the inside. That was often one of the coolest things you told me about. Yeah. So um, there was a couple other like little like cards and knickknacks and things like that. But overall. Um, that's what we, that's what we got. And and, that, and so, are they continuing to do these drops, or have they ended this? Were you the last phase of people getting them? So they only—I don't know how many more people are receiving their boxes, but they only sent them out, or like only um, gave you the opportunity to respond to them in, until the end of September. My suspicion, okay, I have no sources to back this up. This is just my speculations the whole like subscription box thing services is really big right um from bespoke to stitch fits all of these different things um and there's like third-party disney ones out there that are really big amongst um different influencers and stuff that i've seen i think this is disney's way of testing this market do they want to get into the subscription box market? And who better to test than your quote unquote most loyal fans? Like your first, your first adopters, in essence, is what. The hardcore Disney fans of my life are all very, were amazed at these things and also very mad that they weren't the ones chosen for it. I, I, I think overall it's a good it's a good test, but at the same time, I know that there's a lot of people that were mad that they were not the lucky few as you and your wife were, Eddie. I know. And, you know, I wish everybody would get. And I mean, we were totally shocked. Like we just got it one day and it was like, oh, OK, um, sure. You know, we thought I thought it was a joke. Honestly, when they first sent it, I started searching the Internet because I thought. This has got to be some kind of a um, a scam, but it's like no, no. This is this is legitimate. This is we, this is what it is. So, all right, JB, I have opened the Toy Story playing cards. Who do card. you 
Who do you think is on the the Jack? Which character would be on the Jack? Orky. No, it is Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear's on the Jack. Oh, Jack. I was thinking the uh, um, Joker. Joker. Guess who's on the Joker then? If it's not Forky, Rex. Rex. I don't know why you would pick Rex for that. The Queen. Anytime. Bo Peep. Bo Peep. You don't want to guess. Okay. I won't, I won't do any <laughs> guessing. I can, I, can, I can read the room. I can read the room. Or just like, are we going to literally go through every single card? <laughs> the King. No. So only the face cards actually have characters. All the other ones are character lists, apparently. So the King is Woody. So who does that leave for the ace? Who would the ace be? You are wondering. Your I'm dying. curiosity is peaked. You're dying to know the aliens, of course. A for aliens. A for aliens, maybe. But yes. Yeah, so there you go. We were excited. We're, we like Toy Story. Um, though since our Disney tag episode a few weeks ago, there has been ongoing marital counseling once I learned that my <laughs> wife doesn't like the first Toy Story. Oh, of course. Yeah. She specifically called it out as the most overrated. There's a lot of marital counseling that I'm I'm sure you've yeah. been, been having since then. I had no idea. I had no idea. That was a discovery for me. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would like to say it was a mighty fine one. I thought it was a good episode. We're to celebrate our two-year anniversary of the podcast. The Husband and the Honeys episode. Husbands and the Honeys. It was fun. Our, uh, what was it, 30 different random questions on on Disney? The one and only episode we're ever going to get my wife on, and only because we tricked her and said Sarah was going to be on there too. So, though your mom wanted the video, and we didn't video that one. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't put put out the video for that one. That was I couldn't get couldn't get that as well. That was that was that was sacrifice to be able to get her on the podcast. Indeed, promised her we would be in the video. We'll have to see if a Disney drop becomes a legitimate thing. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I think of these subscription box things because you pay like these flat fees and there's things in there that I'm, I'm not sure you would buy, you know, or that, you know, you would want to keep like this box is cool. Super thankful. Love it. Thank you, Disney. We're not being we're not being ungrateful. But I also I look at it and I go, I don't know if I saw any of these like in a Disney merchandise location. If I'm going through the Emporium on Main Street, I don't know if I'd be like, I have to have that. I have to buy that. The Tupperware, you're not going to jump, jump over some pe- some people and push some kids down to get the Tupperware. I don't know the it's hang time. That's a pretty sweet one. I do kind of want it. If I come visit, you might not still have it on your shelf after I leave. We'll have to we'll have to hide that it'll one. Away show, it'll show up in the here. corner over here. But anyways, that is it for all the Disney news, and that is not why we're here today. We are here to continue talking about uh, all the movies from 1988 through 2005, aka our childhood, uh, and continuing that move. We are getting so much closer, Eddie. We've only got a couple years left. Uh, on on our march here through all of these films and so today we are talking about the next installment in the disney uh movies from our childhood and that is lilo and stitch cue the disney sound effect
the IMDb description for Lilo and Stitch. It's a long one, Eddie. Buckle up. This is going to take a little bit. So here we go. A young and parentless girl adopts a dog, quotation marks, dog, from the local pound, completely unaware that it's supposedly a dangerous scientific experiment that's taken refuge on Earth and is now hiding from its creator and those who see it as a menace. Ooh. It's a lot. The, the quotation, dog, supposedly dangerous. How does she know it's supposedly dangerous? Until <laughs> way into the middle of the thing. I don't. This is, this is not one of their finer moments on IMDb, on their uh, log line for this film. Just not, just not that good. But anyways, Eddie, what are your memories watching this film? Did you, did you go see this in theater when it came out? This would have been a bigger release, like a major Disney animated film. Um, I want to say so, but I can't remember. I don't have distinct memories of going and seeing it in theaters. What I more remember seeing is this was one of three films that were animated at what was then Disney MGM Studios theme park in Florida at Walt Disney World, now Disney's Hollywood Studios. And I remember seeing drawings and like concept art of this when, because what you could do is you could do like this little behind the scenes tour and they had like actually the actual animators there. This doesn't exist at the park anymore. Um, but you could see them animated and like animating and working on an upcoming, like this was an, a legitimate animation studio based within the theme park. And you could see that. So I remember seeing um, them working on that then one of the times that we had gone. This is that's such a funny decision to make, to put your animators behind a fishbowl where people can come just watch them. And putting that well, in mean, the middle of a theme park. That's so funny. Well, the whole theme park was kind of like behind the movies, right? The 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 theme of, of that park has changed quite a lot because now Galaxy's Edge is there, Toy Story Land, all of those things. Um, but back in then, like you could do the back lot tour. They had, you know, the Streets of America. It, they had a lot of different things that were all like, go behind the movies, see how we make the movies and everything. And so, of course, it's Disney. They've got to have a section on like learning and understanding how animation is made. But yeah, you're right. Like that must have been really weird to be an animator sitting there while, you know, people in their goofy hats and eating some popcorn or standing over your shoulder and some plexiglass like watching you animate this film. So but yes, there's multiple films that they did this with um, Mulan, uh, Lilo and Stitch and Brother Bear were all produced there. Interesting. I did mm-hmm. not I did not know about this. And I mean, there was a few other pieces of other things that were like scenes or sections were made there, but these three whole movies were done there. Yeah, for me, I don't remember seeing this uh, when it first came out. At some point, we all saw it um, just as much as all the other Disney films that were coming out. Um, But uh, I have fond memories of it. It wasn't anywhere near the top of my list of go-to movies. We never owned this ourselves. Um, It was just a fun alien comes to earth fish out of water 
story back at back at that time. I don't know that I had a lot of um, strong pull to continue to watch it or anything like that. For some people, it is one of their favorite films for sure. Um, Cause it is a very different film. Even the artwork that on IMDb for this has Lilo or has stitch sitting on the ground, just chilling there with a dog tag on and all of the more famous, especially nineties characters. There's a couple other older ones in there too that are just like, like the genie looking in like shocked face, looking down at Stitch because he is just the weirdest creature that has been created by, by Disney. That would be another piece of this that I do remember distinctly. The marketing campaign was Stitch wrecking movies from the nineties, like Disney movies. So like the first trailer was, Beauty and the Beast, you know, when they're dancing in the ballroom, Taylor's oldest time, he actually climbs up on the ceiling and like makes the chandelier crash and fall in between them. Um, I remember that, like this being a very distinct um, marketing campaign where they're kind of using him as the foil to better known at that time Disney movies. Yeah. So rewatching uh, this, what what would you would you think about it? Um, this is one that has, you know, I think when it first came out, didn't like make a huge impact on me, but over the years, and uh, I mean, especially in the past five years has probably become, uh, more and more of a favorite. Um, so, and even I would, it's hard to even say like, this was a rewatch cause this is just one that we watch together as a family frequently enough. Um, yeah, like I, I love this storyline. I, I love the family story set within kind of a science fiction world. Um, I've said this before. I like when Disney tries to play and do different genres, like try something a little bit different with animation. And they've definitely had like their misses with Atlantis and, um, you know, coming up, you'll have treasure planet, which I, I like, but didn't really land spot on this one. I felt like they just, it it fit a little bit better. Like we did kind of this quirky science fiction that was like, Oh, that is Disney animation science fiction. Does that make sense? Where it's not like you're not trying to be too sci-fi here where you're not like trying to create a new world or this or that. It felt very much like a, like an animated science fiction uh, endeavor. And I, and I enjoy that. I think there's some really f- um, funny gags that they do with it. I like the overall uh, storyline, a great array of characters. Um, yeah. And then you put that within just a really heartwarming family story. I think it's a, an overall solid film. I completely forgot about the, the mosquitoes. Until I put it in the opening? Well, no. uh, Watching it then, it reminded me of it. But the fact that they convinced them that mosquitoes were an endangered species, and that's why the entire planet needed to still exist and not be decimated, was because we were there. We were the primary food source for the the endangered (laughs) mosquitoes. I loved that. I loved that uh, little piece of it. What are the odds that a CIA agent from Roswell, New Mexico from 1973 is moonlighting as 
a, a social uh, worker, a social worker, and is the one person that is there for this child that interacts with an alien. They they kind of play it off like, oh, it just happened, but to what degree was this actually him like pre planning? Because the it's none of probably, that probably. It's probably the same odds of a spaceship crashing from, you know, far outer space into the Pacific Ocean and just <laughs> happens to crash land in Hawaii. Probably comparable odds in both of those. I love that they're like, oh, he's landing in the ocean. It's mostly ocean is covering this. And it's just... Pause it. It's just like no one talking, and it just zoom, 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 and it. You see the island. And she goes, oh. just defeated, <laughs> so sad. Just like so, like I don't have time for this. Why am I dealing with 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 this thing right now? And yes, you're right. They 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 land right on the on on the on the island, and and, and this creates such a absurd but comical and fun. Uh, I don't know, like amalgamation of different, like uh, of story, like who who thinks of like, all right, we got a little CIA, a former CIA agent. Let's do this extraterrestrial, uh, sci-fi thing. Oh, and then let's also highlight and show the beauty of Native Hawaiian culture. Huh? What? How did those all go? It's a melting oh. pot. It's a melting let's also genre. let's add this wonderful storyline of of a, of adoption and you know two sisters trying to make it work after their parents have passed. It's like what these all shouldn't go together, but they work. It works. And why it works does it work? really well? Yeah, what do you think makes it work? Because they shouldn't all this. This is a thrown together situation. I think it works because you have such a solid central character that this is all based around. Lilo or Stitch. See, I was I was going to say Stitch. Ooh. One Disney could not have created a more perfect character for merchandising. <laughs> right? I love how so uh, Wikipedia calls him a blue extraterrestrial koala-like creature. Okay. Okay. Uh, better known as Experiment 626. Um, I think so much of this builds around Stitch. I, I have to admit, I think Stitch is one of my favorite Disney characters. Um, we do Disney pin collecting. Uh, and one of the things that we've chosen to do is like each member of our family collects pins of a specific Disney character, not just like randomly collecting Disney pins, but of a specific character. And I collect Stitch pins. So I have Stitch on Tower of Terror. I have, you know, Stitch in the spaceships from Tomorrowland, like all of, you know, all of the different Disney pins that include Stitch. Those are the ones that I look for and collect. Um, because, yeah, I think he's a fantastic character. He's one of my one of my favorites. That's a very random fact I didn't know about you, Eddie. That you collect Stitch <laughs> pins. That's a choice. What? That's a very specific choice to go Stitch. 
It is, and I don't. Do you know. see yourself in Stitch? Is that is that what the deal is? Is that the is that the psychograph on on this? <laughs> do you feel like a Stitch, Eddie? Do you feel like a Stitch a case, out of water? A case could be made. A case could be made for for that. But no, I, and and it's funny as I went, like I've discovered. Oh yeah, I'm like gravitating, collecting all of these, and why am I doing that? I I don't know if I would say he's like. It's one of my favorite Disney movies, but I really like him as a character. And if you go into Disney parks, you see him everywhere. There are plushes, T-shirts, you name it. They market the living daylights out of this character. Forearms or just two? Um, mostly just two because that's how he how he lives. He only busts out the forearms when he when he actually has to. So this movie plays a certain type of humor that I know you know that I just love so much. And it's the humor where people are oblivious and doing the completely wrong thing over and over again. The entire scene with her trying to just have an assemble. I felt so bad for the, for the older sister. She's trying so hard to, to do what's right to, just just come home just picking up her sister in that opening section from school from school and she's been a pain and she's just trying to and then the, and then the social worker is just waiting for her she's trying to like unnail the door to get inside and she's just and Lilo is just flopped on the ground listening to sad sad Elvis music and it's just like drove me and it would drive me insane in in some moments or like just be normal just be normal which she's not she's a special little girl and then you start to really feel for the girl and she's she's just a quirky little little kid who has her own way of doing things like just and takes it like really drawn towards she is the human version of stitch in her own little way um but it still made me so frustrated for the sister and i was like the older sister i'm like i get you i get you and i'm so sorry that you're having to deal with with this and trying to grow up faster than she had to be and being a parent to her own sister i love the line where um she says i like you better as a sister than a mom and you like me better as a do you like me better as a sister than a rabbit (laughs) that whole exchange they have that heart to heart um you get it like man this is uh why don't you sell me and buy a rabbit instead like it's i i felt so it was such a hard moment her older sister having to just like corral her all also just trying to keep her from having being taken away and stuff and she's just not helping whatsoever and it's just it's it's sad i i agree with you i think like the whole way through you feel for nani and like are rooting for her and you're like no uh and the beginning of the film i can't stand lilo it's just ugh, bratty brattiness or whatever um but i think what you're touching on is probably why this movie works so well is there's a ton of heart like in the center of mm-hmm. it and you feel for these characters real stakes and, right up front you're about to lose the yeah. sister yeah and you forget at all, like that he's an alien, really, or that this is a somewhat sci-fi film. Like that quickly gets taken to the back burner. Like you have the opening sequence, which is very science fiction heavy, but then we come to Hawaii. Beautiful opening sequence uh, of animation in Hawaii with that song. 
Um, and then when you realize the stakes in the story between Lilo and Nani, boom. I mean, the, the hook is, is, is in there. It is set. You, you care about these characters and you begin to feel frustration even with stitch, right? Because yeah, he's cute and adorable and you're like, Oh, this is a fun little character. But then you realize he's really messing up with this. And you as the audience, at least for me, begin to kind of go, just get rid of him. You know, like you, you start to doubt your love for this character. Then you see this huge arc in him as well. And an arc in Lilo. Um, you know, I think that's something we've talked a lot about here of the most compelling characters is you care for them right up front. The stakes are heavy. And then you see them go through a big change, big arc. And those are strongly present um, in all three of those those main characters. Two moments I love. One is the meme, basically a living meme, the screaming into the pillows when both when both sisters are just screaming straight into the pillows. 100%. That's exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's how I felt watching those all of those scenes. But the definitely the heart most heartfelt mo- one of the most heartfelt moments is when she pushes the sister out of the room, closes the door and then she's praying to the fallen star to the star whatever that she thinks is happening and uh she's praying for her friend and she wants someone who won't run away and maybe an angel. It was like this is like angels in the outfield all over yeah. again just like yeah. hoping and praying for the dad to come home it's like oh maybe she can have a do- all of the all of the mean girls at school hated them hated them so much in this and you're right it's that it's that sense of like at times i'm screaming into the pillow and at other times i'm trying to wipe away tears from my eyes because it's so um emotional it is a hawaiian roller coaster ride hey i see what you did there okay Clever, clever. This movie also does a great job of just like sprinkling these funny little things in there that are so random. Um, I love the use of Elvis in this movie. Like, yeah, what a a choice. A solid choice that doesn't make sense when you first pitch it out there, but the way that they execute it. Of course, this little girl's going to be a huge Elvis fan. And then all of a sudden Lilo is as well. Um, which is uh, Stitch is as well, um, which is probably one of my favorite Disney uh, parks walk around characters. A lot of times during Halloween, they will bring out Stitch as Elvis. <laughs> I've not been able to meet Elvis Stitch that is on the Disney bucket list. I can see you losing your mind for it. Oh, for sure. Um, I also so random. But Lilo's collection of pictures of overweight people. People on the beach. The, the photos are great. And there's no payoff. It's just, the, it, it's there, it's just and there. Then it's, and then you move on. It just helps round out her character as, okay, she's a very eccentric uh, girl who doesn't fit in with all the other girls around her. And it just kind of sets up the heart of this so much, so much. But it is really, really well done. I also like the um, Dr. Jumba Jukiba, if that's his name, um, or uh, Agent Wendell Pleakley, the two aliens that are initially set to go capture them. And they've just got a kind of a, an interesting little two, comedian, two comedians banter type of, of feeling to them that are 
uh, very interesting, very watchable. It's a very interesting choice to have them like go down there and immediately Stitch knows he they're after him. And they're just chilling, waiting for waiting for the right moment to strike. And they're just like around all of the time instead of being like, oh, when are they going to catch him? It's like, oh, no, they're just here and they're just waiting for either Stitch to give up or the right moment to where nobody is there. It was just like, that's a very specific choice to do that instead of the normal like uh, wondering when when they're going to pop up and wondering what's going to happen. It's like, nope, they're just here. They're just uh, hanging out, waiting for the right the right moment. And then you have the um, Captain Gantu that comes up, kind of like a shark-like character, the apparent like second command guy. Um, and so you've got these great kind of chase sequences. The 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 climax, the finale of this, I thought was very, very compelling, like very moving. Um, when Lilo accidentally gets caught and then Stitch is going after her, all of those different things um, where you really begin to see the change um, in his character and that arc kind of coming around to the other side. Um, that's just kind of a fun, great little moment there at the end. Have you seen uh, the videos online that show uh, or the they show that evidently when this movie first came out, yeah, the the whole crash stuff. Or not crashing, but the the plane was flying through the city, and they remade it after nine eleven. Do you have details on that for us, Eddie, or was that something you looked into at all? Yeah. So this movie came out in June of two thousand two. So they would have been deep into production, um, you know, turning the corner really towards the end, um, and that whole final sequence they had hijacked a passenger like jumbo jet and they were flying these jumbo jets around kind of chasing or at least the bigger one and after 9-11 of course this is not a um a, a thing that audiences want to see on their screens for entertainment and so they went back and redrew that whole final sequence within uh, a more uh spaceship looking uh you know airplane but if you notice it's oddly similar in size and structure to a jumbo jet um but they've just kind of added a few things here and there to kind of make it more alien-esque um and they they moved it outside of the city and into that is the other thing they did the hills but and even if you watch that though so the blocking and a lot of different things stay the same they just made slight adjustments. So even within the hills and things like that, it was the same movement as if it were downtown in city. They just kind of used the hills um, to replace the the buildings. There was a there were several things that all came out around the same time that had <coughs> something to do with a hijacked plane, and a lot of them either ended up being like put away or just didn't do very well because of it or they redid it this being one of them but i know donnie darko was another movie that came out that year and part of the storyline is a giant turbine like falls into the home from the sky from a jet that Mm -hmm. that fell out of the sky and that was one of the reasons why that movie initially tanked and then had a whole nother life um, as a cult favorite film on vhs and dvd after the fact and that was one of those ones like yeah no one wants to see 
a plane crash right now. <laughs> well, and I even think of, uh, you know, you and I both have watched a couple times, like the day in the life at Pixar following John Lasseter as he's the director of yep. cars too. Um, and they went in and redid something that had to do with radiation in cars because two. in yep. cars too, because of, um, um, the, the, the nuclear plants nuclear plant in, explosion. Yep. In Japan that like, had yeah. happened. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that they're sensitive to those types of things. Um, this one that this was big, like this is going in and doing some pretty serious reanimation of, of different sequences. So Eddie, Oh no, I've got, I've got one more, one of the quotes that I really love that, um, from bubbles, which we didn't spend too much time on bubbles, uh, voiced by Ving, Ving Rhame. Uh, love, love that guy. Perfect, perfect character. Perfect choice of voiceover artist for him too. Perfect voice. Perfect, yeah, like the whole CIA agent becomes social worker. Owen, let's name him Mr. Bubbles. Like, thank you. Thank you for all of that. Like, yes, that's what I want in in all of this, yes. And he's the one that convinced them that the mosquitoes are endangered species. There's a little bit of a, yeah, this is a little far-fetched on him being the one that is with the child that, like, I was expecting there to be more of a tie-in, like, if he would have come in after the the animal came, then it would have been a little bit more like, oh, he saw what's happening and and stepped in or whatever. Um, but the 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 quote that I love from him is, "You have been adrift in the safe harbor of my patience, and I'm losing my patience," or something like that. He's like, "You're about to, you're about to be outside of it, and we're gonna have to move it." But then also the you need to think about what's best for Lilo, even if it's without you in the picture. Like, oh. He's so right, but it's also so scary. I'm so I'm so I'm so afraid right now. Um, just wanted to uh, add that little nugget in that I really loved. I love I love all the random movie quotes that I can write down. Uh, and if to go back to the previous uh, conversation about the Disney tag episode we did, I called up this movie as my favorite quote: "Ohana means family." And family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten, Um, which is a beautiful story. I mean, it's a beautiful kind of not just phrase, but um, I don't know. That's the main thrust of this film, right? Of of Stitch realizing that about them and then the two sisters realizing that about each other. Um, It's just really. Yeah. This is this is really beautiful. Okay, Eddie, do you want to go first, or should I go first on how we're going to rate this film? Uh, I think I am going to go. I think I'm going to go with a four point five. So we all want to know what knocked it down for you. What 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 knocked it off that half a point? I don't know. It's more like like it just doesn't hit all the way up what are you missing what are you missing what what is leaving you cold why are you asking me you're basically giving it a one i want to know why you hate this film (laughs) you'll come out of here and just be like man we're gonna watch it again it's terrible (laughs) we all know you're the 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 grouch of of the two of us it's scrooge but whatever i would i don't know 
what was there a scene or a moment where you're like, oh, if this could have just been that much better? Was there not enough musical numbers in here? There was only a couple. No, I love the music in this. And in fact, um, the credit song is one of my favorite credit songs in all of Disney because it is Elvis, but performed by Winona Judd, which everybody knows the Judds were my first crush and (laughs) still one of my favorite music groups of all time. Um, So Winona being in this just kind of makes this a little extra special. I could use a little bit more humor and a little bit less drama. I felt like this just kind of tilted a little too much to the drama side of things. And there's a few moments in the middle that make this just a little slow because of that. Um, I think overall, that would be my my critique. There's just something about it where I'm like, okay, I don't feel like you're, it's not soaring. I, I, I'm not blown away by the animation style in this. I don't think that there's like any particularly bold or beautiful um, artistic choices in this. I love the opening Hawaii sequence and that's about it just from an artistic standpoint. The so I, dedicated, I'd say those two. The dedicated Hawaii scenes are all gorgeous. They're all amazing. The yeah. surfing and those kinds of things. Yes, you're right. Outer space and some of the the those kinds of stuff not as not of not as great. Sometimes when they're just on the on the in the jungle, it feels pretty bland. Like even looking here right now at the at the where the you we've got the plane sideways. There's not nothing nothing screaming. Well, so like, I, it's crazy I, good stuff. And you know what I, I've realized? So my kids have started watching the Lilo and Stitch, the series on on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. It's actually kind of, kind of interesting. It's kind of fun. Um, but you can't tell a difference between the art style of the TV show and the movie for the most part. You're right. Did you ever and watch so, the TV, TV show very much? Yeah. I mean, we, we've been watching it quite a lot recently the kids kids love it um so i think that's probably what it is you know i'm not not totally blown away here with the the art style that kind of just feels like it's on that that level so i'm going with a four myself for this i uh, whoa i it's solid great characters great um setups and gags but i there because of how annoying is probably the right word lilo is in this and stitch and and that type of humor i'm like come on guys just do the do the right thing it doesn't make me want to rewatch it a lot like i don't have a strong desire to keep rewatching it as much as as much as you guys do i wish i would have watched this with um with my kids uh instead of just watching it myself um to make sure cuz i was running out of time for the podcast um, I think they would have really enjoyed watching it because it hasn't been something that we've watched ourselves very much, and we should because I'm sure my son would love all of the, all of the gags, all of the things my, that I find annoying. He would love. Yes, my kids love this movie and ask for it, and that's in part why we started watching the TV series because it's a little more of the the gags and things like that. Um, but it's only in you know 20 minute increments. Instead What's of the a full- show called? Lilo and Stitch the series. Okay. So yeah, so that's why I'm going with a four. I still think it's 
one of the better films in that we've watched and a lot of it is because of the heartfelt nature of it but it does get super serious and it does uh kind of find me a little it's that mr bean humor eddie you know me i always gotta i always gotta hate on mr bean as much as possible so let me ask this question all right you ready i'm gonna take this a little bit different you had the disney renaissance which ends at what ends at tarzan think so right and then uh i don't know what they would call it but you have um pretty much from oh man what am i i'm trying to figure out this here quickly um but starting with dinosaur all the way until you hit post chicken little i'm trying to figure out i guess the question that i'm trying to ask is is this the best animated film of this era of Disney anim- uh, animation studios. I can't see-, see another film on here that would have beat out it. Just looking through all of them in here, I think this might have been the best film that they did. So in five in these five years, at least that we're looking at it. Um, on on our list at least i'm sure there was there there were other films that happened after this but so would we say it's better than emperor's new groove well it's a tough one you know me evidently i hate emperor's new groove according to the people that have listened to this podcast and 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 love it i would we we're giving it this i'm i did not plan this i did not see this but i'm looking back we're giving Lilo and Stitch the exact same numbers as we did Emperor's New Groove. I have 4.5, you a 4. I the think eternal that, grouch that you are. Well, so the difference is Emperor's New Groove has a ton of quotable lines and I would say not a great central character in um in Cusco. Like he's Ooh. not he's not the you're best retre- part. You're you're going to retread your danger ground. I'm going to retread the danger because he doesn't have any sort of like arc or change or he just gets mildly less mean. Just sure. a little bit less mean. You're not watching that story for that. This the the best parts of this film are the heart that it has. Um, so it's a completely different thing. And the other one is just way funnier. Like the Emperor's New Grove is way funnier than, than I find this film to be. It's just a completely so, different type of humor. So they're not the mm-hmm. same movie, but they kind of do end up in the same spot. I would still rather watch the Emperor's New Groove more than I would oh, Lilo and Stitch. Okay. Okay. I would, yeah, I would call them neck and neck. This us tying these makes sense in in my head now that I look back on it. Well, Lilo um, and Stitch is more of a classic Disney animated film. Emperor's New Groove is we need to get this film out because we have a contractual obligation to McDonald's. So yeah, go make something. And this is what yeah. happens when you have those those comedians in charge of it. Um, this uh, Wikipedia section says Lilo and Stitch and offbeat. Comedy drama, that's a great way of describing this, became the studio's first bona fide hit since Tarzan upon its summer 2002 release, earning $273 million worldwide wow. against, its 80, against its $80 million production budget. Um, okay. So there you go. 
And with that, your life has been forever changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please give us a five-star review or share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com where you can see our full movie list as we continue to go through all of our Disney movies from 1988 to 2005, which is our childhood, including next week's when we review a movie I didn't know existed till I had to write it in here, which is the Country Bears film. Did not Ooh, know existed. We've got, we've got a lot to go in on that one. Uh, the beginning of the Disney parks coming into films. Thank you for listening. And remember, Ohana means family and family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten.